Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Friday show. We took last Friday off, but we're back again one week away from the NFL draft. I'm with my guy, Jack Hammer. How you doing, man? I'm good. How you doing, Ron? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, you know. The week before, this is where the juices uh, start to, to come alive. We get excited. John Lynch talks to the media, I believe, on Monday, where I'm sure he'll provide us some very interesting information. I don't know if it'll amount to much, but interesting information nonetheless. No Kyle Shanahan. A lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Yeah, the, the meeting too, uh, will be Monday with, with John Lynch, uh, the pre-draft meeting at, at noon at uh, Santa Clara at the Friars headquarters. Uh, you, you mentioned no Kyle Shanahan. That's not a that's not really anything different from their norm. He usually doesn't attend the pre-draft meetings, so uh, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think the I'm, I'm sure that John Lynch will tell us who they're going to take with their first picks. Uh, I'm, I'm positive that he'll just go ahead and let it let it all out there. Um, but I think that the bigger piece will be to hear what he has to say about the trade discussions that we're hearing. We're hearing a lot of discussions around quarterbacks. We're hearing things about other players. Uh, I put out a list on Twitter there night, just kind of, you know, off the top of my head. These are the, you know, I had, there's three names that I've heard that people are asking about trades with the 49ers, Trey Lance, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Elijah Mitchell. And uh, the other one would be uh, Javon, uh, Javon, not Javon, Javon Kinlaw. So, uh, well, it'll be interesting to kind of see what he has to say about some of that. And real quick too, I just want to have a shout out to Lucas, who's uh, one of the, the folks over in the comment section. He's uh, he joins us from Austria. He's a uh, one of our European, our European Love followers. It. So it's always fun to see him in the, in the chat. Yeah, I mean overall, like you said, no Kyle Shanahan. Not too surprising. He's a guy who is somewhat spontaneous when it comes to these draft meetings. It's like he'll show up last minute or he won't show up at all. Um, but Lucas, appreciate you tuning in as well as Tony and Black Fifty Nine Razor. Thank you all for tuning in thus far. But Let's start with the major topic because you talked about the trade rumors. <clears throat> For those of you guys living under a rock over the last week, Ian Rappaport came out and said what many speculated, many have heard, uh, is that Trey Lance, the 49ers are fielding offers on the quarterback. Teams are calling in, gauging interest. Seems at the moment that the, there, there might not be interest in 
potentially moving him unless for a huge package is what Rappaport said, but they are fielding calls. What do you uh, take out of that news? There's There's been talk about this potentially happening all throughout the offseason. The quarterback position for the Forge has been one of the, the most talked about spots in the NFL. It always gets you a lot of information and hits. Um, as far as Rappaport's report, it wasn't necessarily anything that we, I don't, I don't think it should have taken anybody to shock that the 49ers are getting calls for Trey Lance. Uh, he was clear here, or he, he took extra strides to make sure that it was noted that those calls weren't coming from within the 49ers building, that they were coming from outside. Um, so, you know, it depends on what, what they, what they're offered, right? The, the big thing here with, with Lance is the four, they were asked both Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch were asked, is Trey Lance available for a trade this year? And both of them, neither one of them, I should say, shot it down. They, they let it out there. They, you know, they did their usual, Oh, you could trade anybody, um, which is interesting. They didn't do that last year when it was Debo Samuel. That was the, the guy they said, you don't, you don't move a guy like Debo Samuel. So there was a difference there. So uh, that's what I kind of make of the report is foreigners left them open themselves open to all this. They want people to call. I think um, now is, are they going to make a move of Trey right now? Uh, I, I think they'd have to have, something very significant significant coming their way uh, to do that. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's why I think uh, the ransom, <clears throat> like a, a ransom sum for Trey Lance is being utilized. And to me, I think the 49ers are posturing themselves. I don't think at the moment they have an intention to really move Trey Lance, but it's good to understand maybe where the league stands on the quarterback after, because right now his trade value at the moment is uncertain. The kid has not played much in the NFL, hasn't even played much in college, coming off a major injury, although he was drafted number three overall. So they're gauging his trade value at the moment, although I don't believe that the that a move will necessarily be made uh, come draft night. I think right now, a word I used yesterday was irresponsible. <clears throat> and I'm not saying this because I believe Trey Lance should start week one. Rather, the 49ers in the offseason need three quarterbacks at least to go through their offseason program. They're already one short. They only have two right now that are healthy enough to compete in Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. That third one will likely come via this next weekend, be it in the draft or undrafted free agency. But if you move Lance, that means you're rolling forward uh, in the offseason with two guys who are likely rookies or undrafted free agents. Not sure if that's the room that the 49ers are looking to field um, for their quarterbacks, especially in such an important year where the quarterback starting spot for week one right now is up in the air, not understanding Brock Purdy's health. Now, if we knew Brock Purdy's status, if he was going to be fully healthy and we knew that, then it's a different story. But the unfortunate reality right now is that we don't know exactly what the timeline will be. We figured that out on June 2nd, that 12-week mark, when John Lynch and uh, company expect Purdy to resume throwing. So to me, I think it's fine understanding uh, uh, or engaging Lance's situation because, like they said, with the talent they have in the quarterback room, everyone can be subject to trade calls. I just don't uh, think that uh, the the situation ends up happening. Yeah, I, I think if if I think it's a little bit of a, a long shot in some ways here for for uh, this deal to go down where Lance gets moved and you, you I think you did a pretty good job of, of spelling it out there. You know, the 49ers right now I don't think are in a spot where they're in a really good position to move Lance. 
because of the fact that where they are with with Brock Purdy and his elbow and you know are they really bought into Brock Purdy as much as they say they are um that's the other, another piece of that whole thing as well so you kind of you start to play it all out and you're not you know it, I don't think a trade goes down now I think if there's a trade it happens closer to uh, the start of the regular season or, or later um the only other side of that though is if you leave if you keep Lance on this roster does does his does his value in a trade drop if you end up moving or trying to move them later on, say, like I said, you know, at the end of training camp or before the trade deadline during the regular season, are you going to get as much as you might be able to do now? It's, it's interesting. It's a, it's an interesting thing to look at. And I want to ask you, you know, kind of given everything that's going on, why do you think the 49ers would even be interested in trading Trey Lance? If they, you know, there's so much smoke around this Ravaport's getting the information from somewhere. Somebody's feeding him the information to, to have this, get put out there why do you if you know if that was coming from the 49ers why do you think the 49ers would be looking to move Lance now I think that when you talk about it uh as for the feeding information I think it is coming from the organization more likely which is interesting understanding that this is Lance's first week I I, I thought it was a little disrespectful Lance's first week back in the building and that's what leaks but as for why right now The 49ers have been in this quarterback mumbo-jumbo, I'll call it, over the last few seasons, where they really haven't solidified a player that can be their franchise guy. Now, the way Rappaport says it is that many teams outside of the organization are believing that the 49ers want uh, Brock Purdy, or or expecting Brock Purdy to be their future uh, quarterback. Trading Trey Lance provides a little more clarity with that situation, because then it automatically points to Brock Purdy being the future quarterback once he returns from health. The other scenario I'll point out is the 49ers come draft week have shown a tendency to put out nuggets there that might not necessarily be true. Mac Jones being the pick at number three is the clearest indicator two years ago when they ended up selecting Trey Lance. I think that this also could be seen as a smokescreen potentially to drive up Lance's value or to see, uh, you know, to to try and benefit themselves, which they've done in the past. Ultimately, then going forward with Lance as one of their quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah, that that, make, that makes a lot of sense. And it's gonna. I'm I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how that plays out with with Lance. And you know, you kind of look at a, the situation where they are right now. Um, if if they were to make a move right now with with Lance, let's just say somebody comes. What do you think? Because there was another report out where. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was basically it was a front office person saying that he's not surprised the 49ers are fielding calls about Lance, that if they get something solid that uh, looks really attractive to them, that they'll pull the trigger. What do you think they would need to be offered in order to say, you know what, go ahead and take Trey Lance. We'll go ahead and make that trade right now. Now, this is a tough one. I know we've heard uh, floated around a second and a fourth. To me, I honestly think because I believe that they're only going to move him if it's for a ransom sum. I believe it's got to be a one. Now, do I think that's realistic? Absolutely not. I don't think a team is going to look to trade a one for a guy who hasn't seen the field much in two years, coming off an injury and doesn't have much experience after being labeled a raw quarterback. But for the 49ers' perspective, I think it'll be. I think they they're looking for a first round pick in return if they were to trade Trey Lance. 
It's interesting because we've we've seen them do this now multiple off seasons. They did the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. They right. They expected a certain type of value for Garoppolo. They didn't trade him because they weren't getting that value. It helped out to an extent with you know uh, he was able to, to play some games for them this year. And when Lance went down and all that, he kind of kept the the ship afloat. And until he you know ultimately went down himself. Um, and I wonder if that's kind of what we're going to see play out here with Trey Lance. I. I've heard the same thing that you're talking about, you know, a, a second and a and a fourth for next year. It's, it's really hard to see them any, getting anything more than that. You know, the, the Ravens maybe, but I think the Ravens are, are tied in with Lamar um, anyway. And so that one kind of loses its stuff in terms of a first round pick. Um, so I, I think you're looking at if you're trying to get anything more than than a second and a fourth for next year, you're looking at having to make some some moves using your own picks this year to help kind of you know increase that like you know maybe you can get Houston's a name that keeps getting talked about Houston so right. you say you give Houston 33 and 104 excuse me you get 33 and 104 from Houston in exchange for Lance and uh you know 102 right something like that and, and beyond that it's it's not a, a whole a whole lot going on I think in terms of being able to really get a lot of value in this year's draft for Lance I agree. I agree. And I also don't think that uh, the 49ers would be interested in a package that doesn't involve 2023 capital. I think they want 2023 capital because the point of trading Lance is you're all in on the, uh, you're all in right now and you want to try and get somebody that fits um, your roster in 2023 via the draft or, uh, you know, looking forward uh, with the selection in 2023. We got a comment here from Blind Tom. Thank you for the super chat, by the way, for $10. Hi, guys. been a while. I highly doubt they trade either guy. Not this year. Maybe next year. In the meantime, life is good, so rock on. He's talking about, obviously, Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk. Let's shift gears, come back to Trey Lance in a minute, because Tom's talking about highly uh, highly doubting that they trade Brandon Ayuk. Do you think that that even uh, is a possibility? I know that some teams have definitely called in on Ayuk. Doesn't seem like the 49ers are budging at the moment. Yeah, real quick. Thanks, Blind Tom, also for the super chat again. Life is good. So so keep it going. Um, in terms of Ayuk being traded, I, I think this is another one. You know, it, I think both these deals, Lance and Ayuk, there's, there's enough to both of them where you could say this could happen. I don't think you can look at either one of them and say it's absolutely 100% positive, absolutely positively not going to be something that's going to go down. I think with Ayuk, you're looking at a guy who right now with where the 49ers are up against the salary cap and all these types of things, if they keep him, it's going to cost them over $14 million next year. Now, they talked about using the fifth year option on Brandon Ayuk. That needs to be done by the 1st of May, I believe it is. Maybe it's the 2nd, but early, I mean, right at the beginning of May, that's when that would have to be done, which is right after the draft. So if Ayuk doesn't get that, you know, 50-year option picked up, I think it really creates a uh, something to keep an eye on throughout the draft. I could see that him being moved. There's a possibility that the, you might be able to get more for Brian Ayuk in this year's draft than you would if you traded Trey Lance because Ayuk has actually been able to go out and show that he is a very capable wide receiver in the NFL. Ooh, there we go. I agree on the IU topic in that I do believe he'll fetch more than Lance. I think if you're talking about IU package, wide receiver is an intriguing position because it's a position that seems to be at a premium right now, although you are 
looking at teams that prioritize the value in the draft, understanding that you can get a cheap option for four to five years. Ayuk, I think, would fetch a first-round pick at minimum, and potentially even more depending on how teams value the receiver. And John Lynch spoke about how the feedback he got from teams calling in on Ayuk at the uh, at the combine was positive, and it's good to hear how you know a quarter uh, a receiver like Ayuk is essentially receiving the praise that he deserves around the league. Ayuk, though, at this point, I like what Blind Tom said. Maybe next year. Right now, I don't think it's un- important for the 49ers to address Brandon Ayuk's situation. He's due for an extension, but they extend guys going into that fifth-year option with one year remaining on their contract. That's next year for Ayuk. I think he, you still have time to figure out a deal for Brandon Ayuk, and you also have time to understand the entirety of your cap situation going into next year. Seems like it's a certainty they'll pick up the fifth-year option. Uncertain on uh, Javon Kinlaw. It seems like that'll be declined. You could even hear John Lynch talk about it on Monday. But if they pick up the fifth-year option on Ayuk, I expect extension talks to happen next year. And I've been on the belief that they do extend Brandon Ayuk, but also understand that keeping Ayuk and Debo Samuel is expensive to where I think Debo Samuel could be moved on the final year of his deal. Not the second to final last year of his deal, but the final year of his deal, which is the second year of Ayuk's extension. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, I would say uh, with regards to, to Ayuk, the one thing would be, I, I think that if you if you look at teams around the league, I think there's some value there that you get from, from a team like the Tennessee Titans. I think they'll give you 41. Right. I think you, you can get that spot because they're they're lean at the wide receiver spot. Um, again, you start to talk about the how the fires do their contracts and, and those types of things. Uh, yeah, you go ahead. And the, the benefit of keeping Ayuk is that you have them cost controlled for one more year. You take advantage of that. There's, you know, there's a there's benefit to it. And even if you decide that you want to trade them next year, uh, kind of like what you did with the Forrest Buckner, you can do it at that point. Um, so. Again, looking at these, if I'm, we're going to say 100%, I don't think so either way. I think I just would say, though, that if of the two, I think the Lance deal, if there's a Lance trade, that happens later. If there's an IU deal, uh, that's going to happen at the at the, at the the trade uh, during the, the draft here uh, to pick up some, some additional capital. The 49ers have needs. I don't think they're going to use all their picks. And, and looking with what they have right now, 99, 101, 102, there's not a whole lot of ammunition to, to move up any higher than sure. that. And you start to kind of look at the guys that, that are around that would really help this team out. Uh, I think you need to jump up into the early part of that second round uh, to, to really be able to hone in on one. Cause you can get a couple of really good offensive tackles in that spot uh, and then set yourself up really nice with some moves down the road. I agree. And in, in your analysis of IU don't think it happens this year. If it does, it happens during the draft. Teams like the New York Giants have called they host the 25th pick. I mean, there are a lot of teams, even if you look in the conference, the Minnesota Titans might, uh, sorry, Minnesota Vikings might look for a number two. A lot of teams want a receiver, and uh, that's that's there. But I think it's smart to hold the decision off next year. A lot of people might be worried that Ayuk's value diminishes next year with one year left on his deal. But regardless of whether you trade for him this year or next year, the hope is that you get him for an extension. And next year, Ayuk will be even more proven having likely had another strong season under his belt. Uh, Because right now, he has one 1,000-yard season under his belt. If you can anticipate him having a similar regard next year, 
then you have two strong seasons under his belt and you're closer to the contract extension, which is the biggest obstacle. Because Ayuk won't accept an extension in, his, in, in this year. He'll likely only accept an extension next year. And so you allow that to be worked out by the time you trade for him. That's why it makes more sense, not only for the 49ers, but for the opposing team looking to move for Ayuk next year. Still, that's a topic for next year. We don't know exactly what will happen there. Don't envision it will happen during the draft, but agree that if it were to happen, the draft makes the most sense. Yeah, and you know, and you, you just mentioned the Minnesota Vikings as a potential landing spot for for Ayuk because of some of their needs. Well, there was a report. I know that we're talking about Ayuk, but let's go back to the quarterback situation. You know, there's there was a discussion already about. Uh, I think it was from Adam Shine was talking about. Hey, it makes a lot of sense for Kirk Cousins to become a 49er. Uh, and I want to kind of get your thoughts around that. And, and first off, before we get, I, before you start to give your answer, the one thing I will say here is I, I've seen a lot of responses to uh, from people with regards to cousins to the 49ers or cousins being traded in general. And they're like, Hey, look, has anybody taken a look at the cap hit? Has, has, has shine look, taken a look at the salary cap hit? If they, they... now just to be clear, any team that actually trades for Kirk cousins, they're going to take on only a cap hit of ten million dollars for next year. Right. The rest of that cap hits sticks with with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. So, the the one thing here that is a problem for Minnesota is the cap space on their end as well, because it's forty eight million dollars. I think it is in dead cap if they make the trade prior to June one. That drops down quite a bit if they make that trade after June one. So, maybe this is a situation. Maybe maybe a Kirk Cousins becomes a 49er. You know, draft all all kind of goes through, and you start getting ready for uh, for mandatory minicamp in the middle of June, and Trey Lance becomes a Minnesota Viking, and Kirk Cousins becomes a 49er. I, that's that's another time period of this to, to possibly unfold. And let's talk about the Kirk Cousins situation first of all. Let's let's just evaluate the fit, right? Obviously, Kirk Cousins would automatically be the starter for this team, and if you're talking about the cap hit, which would be, I believe spot on right at $10 million should the 49ers look to trade uh, for him. It's a pretty cost-effective solution at quarterback for the 49ers for a team that has valued Kirk Cousins, I mean, a system that's valued Kirk Cousins. And I think you you do get propelled to <clears throat> a potential Super Bowl contender having seen that your odds are already damn high and you don't have a solution right now at quarterback or at least a clear indication of who that would be. Of course, there are certain obstacles with it, the cap space that, uh, not cap space, but the dead cap hit that Minnesota would take themselves, um, is it would be fairly high unless you trade them post-June 1st, which could be a possibility as well. Um, but, you know, it, it it seems like with the way the 49ers have been integrated uh, into these quarterbacks they currently have, they've consistently praised their guys. Uh, a rumor about Cousins came from Florio at the Combine as well about something he's heard. I think there's I, I don't think you can ultimately dismiss it, but I don't think that it's the most realistic option understanding where the 49ers are with their quarterback situation currently and how they've maneuvered their contract or their roster situation and the way that they've utilized their cap space around such a cheap quarterback room. It likely also means that Trey Lance gets involved into this deal. And are the 49ers willing to give up on Lance early? They could. But there are also financial implications there. You likely take on two more million in additional dead cap, which means you're spending an additional or you're spending eleven million in dead cap to move off of Lance based on his guaranteed money so far. 
Yeah, and the, the interesting part here, and I think it works for both of these teams, is is if this trade if this trade was done and it happened post June one, like kind of like I was mentioning, I think for for both teams it makes more sense for this not to be a draft day trade. It makes more sense for both teams if they if they were to do this deal, um, like I said, after June one, maybe before mandatory mini camps, where both quarterbacks can show up with their teams and. and get their feet wet at that point. And the reason I say it is because of the cap number involved. Uh, the cap hit at that point is much lower for both sides. Uh, it gets split up quite a bit more for Minnesota. And for the 49ers, instead of having a $9.3 million cap hit, it'd be about five and a half. Uh, so they'd be able to lower their cap number for this year, which would help with the addition of bringing in uh, the addition, the extra cost of, of Kirk Cousins, right? It saves you a little bit of money there. Um, and now you've got a guy that you can possibly carry you through for one more year, let him, you know, cash out with somebody else the year after. And then you go forward with Brock Purdy if that's not going to work out. So again, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a roundabout way of looking at it. At the end of the day, all these things, I think we're going to come back to Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, and probably a rookie that's going to be running the 49ers show at quarterback. I agree. And I think the one way that, um, this this deal could potentially evolve is if the 49ers understand in the first day, first part of their offseason program that Trey Lance's progress isn't as they want. And also, if they find out on that June 2nd date that Purdy and his health is worse than imagined and he could potentially miss a good portion, if not all, of the 2023 season. Because then the guy who they have hedged their bets on in Trey Lance isn't necessarily who they might be as confident in their guy who they wanted to be the starter in Brock Purdy, or at least allegedly want to be the starter in Purdy. He's out. You want a solution. Kirk Cousins is that stopgap solution for a year or so um, before he moves on. And that's where I think this situation might unfold a little more. Obviously, a lot of dominoes have to fall into place there. And me personally, I don't necessarily believe it'll happen, which is why we come back to what you said likely ends up being Purdy, Lance, Darnold, and then a rookie, be it an undrafted guy or a guy who they draft on day three. Yeah, I agree. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Let's go back, though, to some of the comments. And uh, I saw some of them are interesting. Spider Rico said, Lance's trade value is highest right now once season starts and he's backing up. Darnold, he'll, he'll be worth nothing. Do you agree that Lance's trade value right now is at its highest? I think I think right you know well let's let's look at it from from this standpoint right now if if they if nothing changes and they go into uh, OTAs mini camps training camp and and Sam Darnold beats out Trey Lance at that and and Lance doesn't look good during the preseason or Lance just kind of looks you know looks kind of up and down or whatever, because he's going to, I would expect to see him get a lot of playing time this year in the preseason. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't look extremely good during that period, then yeah, I could see it hurting his, his value because here's a quarterback coming off of a big out, a big ankle injury, a guy who was supposed to be a mobile quarterback to begin with. And now he has a major injury to his ankle. If he doesn't look like he has that speed, it doesn't look like he's that guy again. Then at that point, it could hurt his trade value and they get less for him. You know, um, you have an asset here that that's been damaged and getting rid of that asset before, uh, you know, before the uh, the report comes in, you know, of, of where it is, that would be 
that's why if if it does drop or like he says you know to his to his comment here uh, that would be the why you would get more for him now than you might later you know i like the comment when it's specifically for the off season i think that in the off season if you're talking about that lance's trade value is highest right now i i think so because it can only drop in the off season specifically i don't think uh uh like because if he loses the job like you would uh like you say in the scenario to darnold it drops because he he's the backup he proves he can't beat out a guy who's probably the 25th maybe best quarterback if uh, somewhere around the bottom tier quarterback range for starting level quarterbacks now as for in the season i think lance has a chance to prove that his value is can be higher obviously if he has a solid season or a solid start to the season his value will increase but i can understand this if we're talking specifically about the offseason yeah yeah and it's it's the whole the whole thing around these two uh, is interesting and I, I like the the comment over here from judd who says i've been hearing content guys say i wish kyle would just pick a quarterback <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go with it. Now that Kyle Shanahan has said Brock's the guy, there's content people who are complaining because it's not the guy that they want. And I think there's a lot of this that's going around. There's a lot of folks who uh, who do what we do are very much more towards the belief that the long-term future is better with Trey Lance. Um, and I understand where they're coming from from that. But to say that he needs to pick a guy and just go with it, well, he's picked his guy. The only reason, at least in the, in the way that they they explained it during the the owners' meetings, it sounds like the two like they've picked their guy. Now, in terms of moving forward, the only reason that Trey Lance, if if that's the case, the only reason that Trey Lance is really even in the conversation right now is because of the elbow of Brock Purdy. And if Brock Purdy is going to be healthy, and the 49ers feel like based on all the conversations they're having. He's going to be ready. That's where you see all these things kind of changing. And that's why I think you see you're 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 smelling the smoke on the trade of, of Trey Lance. Because remember, uh, I had this conversation with Larry Kruger on his channel. The 49ers know more about this situation than any of us do. None of us are in the building with them right now. Right. We're not going to get back in the building with them until until Monday. And that's only going to be for one day. And we're not going to get all the answers in, but they're they're talking to Brock Purdy on a regular basis. Brock Purdy, in one in his first interview on the radio station out from Arizona, he talked in that one about how the the 49ers have been they're set they got him set up. There's like daily conversations with their strength and conditioning staff. Now he's in Santa Clara working with them directly. The 49ers, I think, have a pretty good idea of where Brock Purdy is, and if they believe that he's going to be ready to go week one, 
that's why you would see a trade of, of Lance and um, all the people who um, are complaining about it will get their wish because the 49ers will have chosen their quarterback and then we'll just listen to them complain because it's not the guy they wanted. And I mean, I think the situation is definitely interesting because <clears throat> you're right. They essentially presented that there's a leader in the clubhouse uh, in what, who do you call it? Brock Purdy in uh, obviously mm-hmm. It's always an intriguing situation with the 49ers. The The injury is the big factor. That's the biggest unknown. And I do believe you're right. 49ers likely know more. I mean, they do know more than the average fan about Brock Purdy's situation, about the development of Lance, all sorts of different things. They know a little more. And so they have a clearer understanding of how their situation right now is playing out. I think the yeah. other topic, obviously, regarding – I think the the storylines really originate because of Purdy's health. Because right now, all we can talk about is hypotheticals, understanding that Purdy could be ready week one, but he might not be. He might not have practiced at all. Purdy could be ready week four. Purdy could be ready week uh, whatever the eighth month period is. There's a lot of kind of buffer in that situation, and I think that that's why I've said Trey Lance ultimately indicates his role with the 49ers. If he has a strong offseason, he probably starts week one, understanding that Purdy might not be ready uh, practice uh, with enough practice if uh, that, that six-month timeline is that six-month timeline. And so he could start week one. And I mean, from there, it goes on if he per- performs well enough to keep his job. But that's a tough if, right? Again, it's up to Lance, mm-hmm. but he's got to show a couple of things that Purdy showed last year. Not only the ability to win, but more importantly, the ability to score, drive the offense down the field and put points on the board. If he can do that while individually having a, a substantial impact, not only with accuracy, but also with incorporating that zone read offense that it seemed Kyle Shanahan wanted to run at the beginning of the year, then there's more hope for Lance, and I think he dictates his future. However, if all those pieces don't fall into place, you start having that conversation and the 49ers likely rely on the guy who they believed was their guy in Brock Purdy. Yep, sounds about right to me. Let's get into mock draft situations, though, because now we talk about potentially trading Trey Lance. That could be a possibility on draft night. Brandon Ayuk, we both kind of a little shut that down, but still a possibility. The 49ers could execute a trade for a player um, or trade away a player on draft night itself to acquire capital. I know you uh, cooked up a little bit of a mock draft. Let's get into uh, what are you thinking? What are you thinking for the 49ers? Well, it's interesting because if you decide, it depends on how you want to play it. If you want to go ahead and do this where we say that the 49ers make a move with Trey Lance, the 49ers get offered number 33 from the Texans and uh, their fourth round selection next year and the 49ers give up Trey Lance in a fourth. So basically what it is is the 49ers are swapping picks with with the with the the Texans in next year's draft in the fourth round, which is a good deal for the 49ers because they're going to they're going to the pick for the Texans is going to be worse than the 49ers pick next year. So in doing that you're actually moving up higher in the fourth round. Good thing for the 49ers. You're able to Got get it. the 33rd pick in this year's in this year's draft as well. So, so if, you're saying second, doing that, sorry, my bad. Second and then swap fourths pretty much. 
Yeah, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's a second this year, a fourth next year, but you're having to give up your own fourth as well to, to kind of make it work for them. And so you, you're just swapping it, so you're, you're, but you're getting a better pick out of it. And so by doing that, now you're at 33. You have a pick of a couple different tackles. There's um, Anton Her uh, Harrison. Is that his name? Yeah. From Oklahoma. From Oklahoma. Uh, Dewan Jones from Ohio State. Those are two big tackles that are in, in the draft. And you start to look at that. And uh, Harrison out of Oklahoma is the better prospect for the 49ers. I think uh, Jones is a big dude. Um, six eight to three hundred and twenty four pounds or something like that. I just don't see him being a fit for the 49ers. Uh, he's kind of the same structure um, and athleticism as Trent Brown. So I don't see the 49ers necessarily going in that direction. So if you make that trade up to 33, I think you're, you're doing that to get yourself in position for a, a, an offensive tackle that's going to be able to be there for a long time. And I think Harrison would be the pick at 33. I would like that. I, he's one of the guys who I believe is a top 32 player in this class. I'm pretty, I'm higher than, than the consensus on Anton Harrison. And I mean, the 49ers, if you're executing this trade, like I said, you want draft capital so that you can get the best, feel the best potential roster possible. One of those places where you want to look to obviously improve is right tackle, or at least provide competition for Colt McKivitz. Anton Harrison's a guy who has extensive experience at left tackle, still fairly young, could be the right tackle. Um, of the present and potentially the left tackle of the future for the 49ers solving a position where they've looked to really, really amplify at that left tackle. Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, so you get a, you get a high level player there. I think it's, it's a little bit, he's not so much of a boomer brush prospect as Jones. I think that's, you know, if that guy like that's there, you make that move to, to jump up there. Um, and then, and then from there, the other one that I would I would say that you could possibly see the Farners doing is is uh, trading Elijah Mitchell um, on day two, a, a day two draft trade of, of Mitchell, give up a couple of your third round picks to jump up to from ninety nine to to sixty sixty eight range, uh, and that's where you know they they've talked to Zach Charbonnet of the running back from from UCLA, UCLA. yeah probably you know one of the best running backs in this draft and he's going to go in that and right in that right in that round that area so you know if you can come out of day you know the first pick with 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 harrison to start the day off get charbonnet in the middle and then at the end of round three pick up jammy robinson the safety out of florida state uh, i think you're doing a really good job with a, as far as filling the biggest needs of your roster not that running backs necessarily their biggest one but having another uh really solid complementary back to uh to Christian McCaffrey is a good setup, I think. But yeah, uh, I mean, if you can get – I think Mitchell is – I said it yesterday. I think Mitchell is the most likely player to get draft uh, traded from the 49ers, understanding that they could look to get a – they could look to open up reps for their the guys that they have right now. He has two years left of team control. Solid player. Could definitely field offers for him. You get his replacement there, and then you get a good safety – uh, at 99. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am for, you know, the, the beginning of it. I was, what, what about you? Where do you think the 49ers start? Now it's interesting because I've, I've debated both sides. I've really gone with how the board has gone when I do mock drafts. If tackle is there in the early third round, I make an effort to trade up. That might involve using a 2024 third. And that was my bold prediction. I think if the 49ers look to trade up, 
I think it also involves their 2024 third-round pick, understanding they're going to get compensatory picks, and they're going to end up with a couple of third-round picks next year from Mike McGlinchey and then from the coaching uh, departures as well. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they utilize that third-round pick. But in my most recent mock draft, the tackles that I was eyeing in that early third round went earlier than expected. So I actually stayed put and traded back uh, at 101 to trade back and get a couple of picks in that 102 to 155 range where the 49ers don't have selections. I got 122 and 134 from the Chiefs. And so for me, I stayed put at 99 and 102, drafted safety Jair Brown out of Penn State at 99. I thought he would be a good fit. And then at 102, I went with a corner in Ray John Wright out of Oregon State, a guy who did attend the 49ers Pro Day. I thought corner might not be the most important need, but I thought that the value at corner was, or the value of the player was important. Took him there. And then with the pick that I used to trade back, I got Nick Silvidieri at an Old Dominion at 122. I like the Rajon Wright pick is a, is an interesting one because I, that would be that would make him the highest drafted player of a guy who was a part of the Netflix series Last Chance You. I don't know if you remember because he's yeah. actually from Laney College, grew up in Stockton. He's a local guy. His brother plays for the the Dallas Cowboys, so he was on actually the last season of Last Chance You as they did with the football team. And uh, he, you know, he was out of that part of that season with a with a knee injury and, and so on. But that would be a really interesting one. He didn't he didn't participate in the pro day here in, in Santa Clara last Wednesday, but uh, that would be a, an interesting pick because they definitely need to get a corner, I think, at some point in this draft. And there's some good ones kind of a little bit later on too. So uh, I think that's a good that's an interesting one. I just kind of want to throw that little bit out there on him. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree. And I think that I think you could honestly in this draft it's grown on me a little bit more. I think you could say that about a couple of positions in this draft where um, the talent is mixed. It's fairly extensive. You might not necessarily get high-end starters, but low-end starters I think you could find later in this class and guys that can be developable into those low-end starters. I think you can get a good amount of them there. That's the way that my draft started. How about uh, the middle of yours? What, what, what did you end up going with? Well, for the middle of mine, I had uh, I, I kind of stuck around a couple different guys. Starling Thomas, who's a cornerback, mm. I think that's a really good. Uh, he's a he's a good one there for him. Uh, Viliama Fajoko from uh, San Jose State. You start to look at you know the need for an edge pass rusher. Uh, I really like him uh, in terms of kind of the, the background with him and, and the family bloodlines in the NFL with with that with that player. Um, and as well as the production that he put up at San Jose State, I, I really like him. Uh, and then you kind of start looking at it, and it's okay. Now, do I, where do I go? Do I get a quarterback here? Because I, I think the players are going to get a quarterback at some point. Um, or do they go, you know, maybe defensive tackle and get a guy like Kobe Turner, um, Marty Mapu, uh, Marte Mapu from from Sac State, who's kind of that tweener uh, safety linebacker that the Fires like so much? Uh, or do you go Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback? I think. Uh, I think that's rather the kind of the sweet spot for for picking up the quarterback, especially if it's Thompson Robinson. I think that those are all intriguing options. Obviously, you go with the corner there, go with the DN, uh, Fehoko, a local guy and a guy who'd fit well. And then a quarterback is something you think about. I went interestingly enough, uh, with, I went with a little bit of a different uh, look. So I initially went with a safety, a corner, and then a tackle. And then with the second pick of my trade down at 134, there's a player on the board who I thought was um, might not be the most need needy player, but I went with 
guard uh, Emil Echior here at 134 out of Alabama. He was one of my first tape watches and one of my draft crushes in a bit. I think his pass protection is pretty solid. Um, run blocking, it's there. Needs a little more experience with that, but I think he's one of the better pass protectors in the class, and I think he works well for what his athleticism provides. And so to me, a guy who has center versatility, played a bit of center at the, uh, at the Senior Bowl, and so to me, I thought that that guard center flexibility, strong pass protection was valuable for the 49ers. At 155, I went with an intriguing position, a position that many might not draft early. Well, it's the fifth round, but still, Charlie Jones, wide receiver out of Purdue, kind of a do-it-all guy, guy with good speed, good round running, good hands. 49ers right now with their wide receiver position, they're pretty set. They've got five guys, the five that they rolled with last year. They could roll with six. That's what they often did uh, in years past. But prepping for the position going forward, Jawan Jennings a free agent next year, Ray Ray McLeod a free agent next year, prepping for the position going forward with a guy who could also contribute on special teams early on, Charlie Jones. That's where I went and uh, I looked at. And then I liked your idea of quarterback at 178, which was the third of my picks in the trade back. I looked to get Dorian Thompson Robinson. And initially I was hesitant on drafting him because I didn't know whether the 49ers would keep him on the 53, likely have to cut him and hope he's a practice squad stash. And I don't know if that fits DTR, but with the value there, decided to give it a shot. We'll see how it goes. And uh, I mean, he's a guy with good traits, good athleticism and a strong arm. Could fit well if you can get him on the practice squad, have a year there, and then replace Sam Donald next year. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a that would be a, an interesting pickup. I think it, you know you get a whether it's Sam Donald or Trey Lance, they're getting the foreigners next year. Going to go into a situation that where again, this, unless they keep Trey Lance, right? If they keep Trey Lance around and uh, without trading him, then you, you're you're fine. If they, it, it, so it's interesting that the whole conversation on the quarterback spot there. I like Thompson Robinson. He just gives you so much athleticism. I think he can really grow into the spot. Um, and in terms of wide receivers, Dontavian Wicks is one of the guys that I had, or, or Ronnie Bell's a name that keeps popping up around the 49ers. They've done a lot of work on him, so mm-hmm. I have him kind of in one of the mocks that I I did. I had the Fires trading up to to get him in the sixth round at 197. I think they could probably stay there and get him in the a little bit later in the 200s uh, i was just getting a little bit antsy because i didn't have a wide receiver on my mock yet and i didn't want to lose him so I, I panicked a little bit hit the panic button jack was worried and, you know had to had to make a trade but uh there's a couple of guys there there's a there's a few of them that they've they've been high on uh, wicks is one of them i you know the other guy that's interesting and he'd have to go he'd be much sooner in the draft but is uh Jalen Reed out of Michigan State would be a really interesting. Oh, yeah. pick. That's where you know them having the, the meeting with with Reed is the one. I know that it kind of started to get talked about shortly after the the signing that they made recently of of the trade for Brandon Ayuk. But for me, you take the the the, the signing that they they brought in, and then you add in the fact that they had the top thirty visit with with Jalen Reed, and that's why I would think that there's maybe a possibility that that Brandon Ayuk gets moved because this is a guy who can come in and do. Um, a lot of the same things that IU can do in terms of working off of the line of scrimmage. And he has the same, he has the kick return, you know, ability that he showed in college that, that IU showed a little bit. So it's very similar type of players. And so maybe that, maybe that's the smoke screen, but uh, that's, that would be, I think that's kind of what leads me to thinking there might be a trade coming down the pipe with him. Yeah. Could definitely be. I can, I understand the logic there in this range. 
where I'm looking at. One with a couple of intriguing positions. I do anticipate the 49ers trading Elijah Mitchell on draft night, which is why my guy at running back was in the fifth round at 164, went with Izzy Abaniconda out of Pitt. I think the 49ers have scheduled a meeting with him. He's a good fit, good speed for his size, solid guy who could fit in the one-cut system. We'll see if he contributes in year one or not, the 49ers and running backs in year one. That's obviously the tough part. But a running back room of McCaffrey, Mason, TDP, and Abani Kanda, I think that's a pretty solid room overall for the 49ers at running back. And, you know, another young room where a good amount of those guys you have team control over. McCaffrey, three years. And the two rookies from last year, you still have three years. Abani Kanda, you'd have four years. So a good amount of time available. And that was a pick that I made before going with tight end, and that was Payne Durham uh, out of Purdue. In the late round, I think this draft, a lot of people are talking about tight end early. I think the 49ers have a good shot of tight end, but I think they also could go for a tight end later in the class. Understanding how deep it is, you might get a good compliment to George Kittle later in the class as well. And I think there's good value that could be had in such a deep class. Yeah, and well, and you start to look at the the names that have come out in terms of who they've met with beyond um, just you know meeting them at the combine, but those guys that they've actually had their visits with, and those are all guys that are going to be going later in the draft. So do the big names that we're, we keep hearing about, like Sam Laporta or um, or yeah, what's it? Is it Croft? Is Tuck, that his name? Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft. I want to. I see. I can't, better not say Croft because of everything that happened last year with the other one. But you know, Craft. Um, those are those are really good names. I just don't see that happening. I think they're going to take tight end later on. I think there's they're going to surprise some folks with where they go uh, in the first, uh, in the earlier rounds. They always seem to. Yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree. One thing uh, Greg Scott says here: edge and tight end are deep. They're two of the deepest rooms, and that's why it was surprising that I didn't select really an edge in my class. I thought at the value that there was uh, there was to be had, you could have a couple of. Uh, undrafted guys i just preferred the value of other positions which was one intriguing thing that i saw at the end of my uh, at the end of my class to round yours out in the later rounds what positions were you looking at where where do you end up seeing uh guys that you like value of uh towards the end i had that's where you can get the tight end uh cameron latou out of alabama, out of alabama? Yeah. yeah i think he's a sixth round guy one that's an interesting one to me is a defensive tackle for michigan state uh jacob slate um, that's a name you, you might know a little bit more about him from, mm-hmm. from being out there, you know, in, in Wisconsin. But this is a guy who um, had played really well, uh, actually declared for the draft. I think last year things didn't work out. He, he decided to come back to Michigan State. He was actually drafted into the, I don't know, was the XFL or USFL, one of those two leagues. Actually, he got picked up in that. Uh, but he decided to come back to Michigan State and uh, dealt with injuries. But before that, he was a, I think he was like a Big Ten defensive player of the year honoree in uh, i think it was 2021 so that's a name you know they have needs there so it'd be interesting to see how that all works out because uh yeah that's what it was he led all big 10 interior defenders and pressures that's what it was back in 2021 Mm. declared for the draft ended up returning uh but he was able to get just eight games in last year because of injury and then you know if you don't take if you don't take thompson robinson early um at the end of the draft i like max duggan out of tcu uh just like the 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 size and and the way that he was able to operate that team uh, and get them into the championship game last year. Yeah, a couple of quarterbacks at the end of the class as well are intriguing. Max Duggan, Clayton Tune out of Houston. A couple of guys that you could look at. 
where the 49ers could look to stash them and uh, follow that ascension route to fulfill Sam Darnold's role next year. It seems like quarterback, though, beat drafted, undrafted, guaranteed, though, it seems like that that position will at least see one more addition. As for um, the defensive tackle, Jacob Slade, intriguing guy, a guy who should be a solid run defender, but that scheme versatile guy where, uh, you know, where you can move out and inside, one of those guys the 49ers should like, yeah. Yeah, so it's there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting names when you start to get there. That's why you you, you do hear what what uh, John Lynch was saying is that this is a draft who there's a few guys maybe at the top of the draft that you really want to go get, but the, the meat and potatoes of it is going to be uh, right. kind of in the middle. And the more that you can kind of move around in that spot, you're going to you know eleven picks aren't going to make the 49ers, but I think I don't even think they have seventy guys on their roster right now, so they still have a lot of guys that they need to sign. So maybe they do. Maybe they go and they do use eleven draft picks. Um, and that's partly how they feed into their uh, their their long term plans, right? Is go ahead and make a move like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to ask you a question: If you see the 49ers double dipping at a position, what position or positions do you think that that could be at? Uh, offensive line would be one, right? You, you you double dip there, especially if, let's say they do they do like what I said. And you, so, you know, you take a you take an offensive lineman early because you've traded up. Well, maybe you go back and you get a center. Uh, in in round at the end of round three or round five, wherever you are, kind of in there, that there's a, a good center that kind of matches what you're you're looking for because you know they did bring back uh, Brendel to be the starter, I think, at at center. But you know, bringing in a guy that you can develop for a long term uh, solution at that spot would make sense. Another name that, that kind of fits in there too, you know, when I, that I was looking at is let's say the 49ers decide they want to make a trade of somebody and they can't get all the way up to that height. So let's say they, let's say they trade Brandon Ayuk for 41 to, to Tennessee. The perfect name is sitting right there for him at that spot. And it's going to be Joe Tipman, which you know, very well from Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, that would be a great system fit. He was a guy who I initially really liked at 99 before realizing there's not a chance he'll even be there at 99. And so, yeah, uh, you know, uh, another solid player. And again, that that's the value you try when you try and trade these players for picks. You're looking for those immediate contributors, and I mean that would be one of them for sure. But I think yeah, if you're double dipping at a position, one I did in a mock draft was tight end, but offensive line is very clear. Where you could get one of the you could get a tackle, and then you can get one of those guards or centers, one of those interior guys to get some depth at the position edge or really D line in, in general. And uh, I think that that's a, a position where you could go ahead and get some more value as well. Overall deep class. We'll see what the 49ers do. I'm excited. It's a week away. I am too. It's uh, it's always an interesting time of the year, right? You start to get into, uh, into the draft and it's taken me a little bit longer this year, just because of everything else that's been going on. It's just uh kind of a lot of other things going on in terms of the team. And so I haven't really dug into it a whole lot until, until more recently, but uh, it doesn't take too long to start to get an idea of, of who they could go after, the guys that fit their scheme. You've been hearing people talk about all along anyway. So uh, you don't necessarily need to be digging into all the film right away to, to get a pretty good handle on where they're doing. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see how the foreigners decide to build this thing out. And uh, Monday in Santa Clara at noon, we get to talk to, to Lynch and we'll see where it goes from there. Yes, sir. And I, I, love the, I love the I love the comment really quick over here. This yes. I'm sure he didn't mean it this way, but I think the one from Randy where he says "Aloha, Jack and Faithful." Given given the way that my week went this week, that is I would say "Aloha, 
Randy, great to have you on board. I know he probably is. Maybe, uh, Randy, are you in Hawaii or are you? did you just take the pictures? A couple I times? want to go to Hawaii now, man. I'm just well, making fun of myself because you know every once in a while you 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 uh, you do things that you shouldn't do and you you go to sources that you don't normally go to and I'm not a big I'm not a big Instagram source guy or anything like that and I misspoke on somebody else's stream the other day and I felt shitty about doing it because uh, I I don't care if I screw up but when you do it with somebody else and then they they talk about it as well uh, then it just it stinks and uh, I know they got a lot of traction around the 49ers Twitterverse this week so one you know hey you screw up and I did yeah uh, that's you that's one of the fun things you make mistakes you learn from them and you go from there yeah exactly that's that's I mean that's just uh in general that's just how things go Absolutely. and uh hey hopefully the 49ers don't screw things up next week that's that's, they, that's what I hope is they better not they better not because if not we'll be pounding the table that's for sure Oh yeah, oh yeah. But Jack, man, it's been a fun time. Talked about trade scenarios, talked about the mock drafts, talked about who the 49ers could look to target in this draft one week away. Uh any last thoughts before we head on out? Not just everybody, it's 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 the weekend now. So you know, thanks for tuning in uh to the channel, supporting myself and Rohan here. Uh we're we're double streaming this, so depending on, on who you're following, if you're following me make sure you you're, you're doing the same with rohan and vice versa and just everybody have a great weekend drafts right around the corner monday's going to be a big day keep it locked into my channel because i'll be up there on tuesday and i'll be able to bring you some uh, some information as soon as that finishes up yeah make sure you guys stay tuned because like he said like jack said lunch speaks monday a lot will come from that stay tuned but guys thank you guys all so much for watching and we'll be back soon with some more content but until then have a great weekend we'll see you guys next time Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.